Hello, and welcome to the Living Word podcast, where we aim to give you biblical faith without the faff and help you hear God for yourself as we explore his word together. This is the July the 16th episode, and it's about being fruitful through God's word and spirit working in us. If you are, or have been, a churchgoer, you may recognise the way the Bible passages fit together. They are taken from the popular scheme of Sunday readings used by a cross-section of different churches and chapels. Our approach is a little different to usual church practice. By taking the readings in the order they appear in the Bible, a story in three perspectives emerges along the timeline. It starts with the Old Testament deep history of God and his people. This week, that's right back in the time of Abraham. It moves forward to the coming of Jesus and his teaching, much of which anticipates the coming of the Holy Spirit in the early church in the life of the Spirit, which is where we arrive. So this week, there are the familiar stories of Abraham's grandsons, Esau and Jacob, and why God's covenant purpose had to be fulfilled by the younger one in a dramatic switch of birthright privileges. Then Jesus tells one of his best-known parable stories about the sower broadcasting his seed and the four kinds of soil they find to grow in or not. And Paul, writing to the growing church, which has by now reached Rome, explains why we have freedom in the new life of the Spirit and how we live in it. The story that comes out for me is about being fruitful disciples for and with Jesus. We can. Now, in just a couple of minutes, I'm going to give you a whistle-stop summary that went out on social media as a preview. God's word and spirit order will often upset our sense of order. Are we ready to have our thinking overturned? And this week's question asks us, what sort of soil are we? Good growing soil or otherwise to receive the seeds of God's truth in his word? Are we like well-traveled hard footpaths that the seed of the word just bounces off? Or are we shallow soil, unthinking and with little capacity for truth to have root in us? Or are we preoccupied with our busy lives and earning enough? And that's our priority, thank you. God wants us to be receptive prime soil which can receive and germinate his word, his truth, so that it grows in us and multiplies as we share it with others. Good, let's go there. But what is to be done with the hard parts and stony gravel of our life? This is a work of his Holy Spirit, working with his word in a way that changes us from within. We start with how God speaks to us. The starting point is God's word, recorded for eternity, and that's always where we start and where we go back to. The now word that we may sense that he is speaking to us comes through the eternal word, the Bible, which Christians have been hearing, treasuring, and feeding on for centuries. Word and Spirit working in us together give us a new and Jesus-aligned perspective. Reading from the Bible, the sinful, selfish, or flesh nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. Those who are still under the control of the sinful nature can never please God. That's Romans 8, 7-8. We belong to Jesus by choice. It doesn't just happen. 
and that decision opens us up to being changed within by the Spirit. He changes our hearts spiritually from being hard and resistant to being receptive. This is how Jesus and his Spirit takes us from poor stony ground to the most receptive prime soil where his word can grow in us, change us and make us fruitful for him. This is how we become transformed into people whose lives, and not just words, are a message of the wonderful good news of Jesus and his kingdom. Well, that was the preview, and now we'll take a deeper dive and tell the story a bit more fully. Doing it this way, there is a bit of repetition, but because it's very brief, I hope it will be more of a hearing again that helps us to get it. Hello, Ian Gregg here again. The title this week is Becoming Fruitful for God, Living in Alignment with Word and Spirit. It's the secret that the old school pastors and preachers knew, and it's here for all to learn. Hello, Ian Gregg here again. The title this week is Becoming Fruitful for God, Living in Alignment with Word and Spirit. It's the secret that the old school pastors and preachers knew, and it's here for all to learn. This week's story reminds us that God works in us through his word and by his spirit. This week's story reminds us that God works in us through his word and by his spirit. And we cannot afford to be dismissive of either. If we think we know better, God may just leave us to it until we find the humility to ask him why nothing's growing. We start, as usual, back in the Old Testament, where we're exploring the story of Abraham and his descendants. Married but childless Abraham had received a covenant promise from God many years ago that he would be the father of a nation. In other words, descendants, lots of them. Well, it took a long time for his son, Isaac, to come a miraculous birth to Abraham and Sarah in what we would call old age. Now, in this story, Isaac has found a wife who, after her own faith-stretching time of waiting, has become pregnant with twins in what was evidently an uncomfortable pregnancy. A prophet, possibly her father-in-law Abraham, told her that within her she was bearing two nations, and she would see a growing separation between them. And as Jacob and Esau grew up, it became evident that they were very different characters. Esau was the older twin and was expected to receive the birthright privileges. But in a rash moment, he was persuaded to assign them to the younger twin, Jacob. With hindsight, we can see God's purpose in allowing this to happen. This is the heart of the story in Genesis 25. One day, when Jacob was cooking, Esau arrived home from the wilderness, exhausted and hungry, and said to Jacob, I'm starved. Give me some of that red stew. All right, Jacob replied, but trade me your rights as the firstborn son. Look, I'm dying of starvation, said Esau. What good is my birthright to me now? But Jacob said, 
First, you must swear that your birthright is mine. So Esau swore an oath, selling all his rights as the firstborn to his brother Jacob. Jacob gave Esau some bread and lentil stew. Esau ate the meal and left. He showed contempt for his rights as the firstborn. Jacob was opportunistic, but he had the capacity to listen and to learn. This was essential for God to build his nation through him. Later on, Jacob will experience a crisis as he wrestles with an angel all night and his will is broken. In that encounter, he is also renamed as Israel, the name of the nation. Both word and spirit are working together here in Isaac's life and with his sons. The word that Abraham was given is being upheld and acted on, and the spirit is leading and directing. The takeaway lesson for us at this point is that God's word and spirit order will sometimes upset what we understand as the order, and we must learn to defer to his sovereign choice. Building on this, we now move to Jesus telling one of his best-known stories, often called the story of the sower and the seed, but really it's about the four kinds of soil that receive or don't receive that seed. This is also a rare occasion when Jesus tells a story and also interprets it. And so we know that this is a picture both of proclaiming the word of God and how it is resisted or received. The heart of the story is this. A farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across his field, some fell on a footpath and the birds ate them. Other seeds fell on soil with underlying rock and sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plants soon wilted under the hot sun and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that choked them. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even a hundred times as much as had been planted. Jesus goes on to relate this to the way some people initially hear the message of the kingdom, but how easily it can be snatched away by the devil before it has time to take root in a person's heart. Others receive it gladly at first, but then lose trust when they experience difficulties. Yet others are preoccupied with the things of this life, the deceit of wealth, in Jesus' words, which choke the word. Where we see word and spirit working together is in the seed which falls on receptive soil. The people who hear and receive the word know its value and let it grow in them. They are the people who are changed by it with fruitful lives that impact the lives of others. The seed that finds this kind of soil shows how it has within it this amazing capacity for enormous multiplication. This immediately tells us something about how we come to the Word of God and how we value it and use it. But the other half of this story is about how this Word is mentally dismissed before it ever reaches our hearts. It highlights the common ways in which the Word fails to take root in us 
unable to grow because of various kinds of what Jesus would call our hardness of heart. However, let's remember that we do have the capacity to receive the word, partly us, partly a work of the Holy Spirit. If we allow him to work in us, he can take us from being stony or weed-covered ground to being the most receptive prime soil. This is what the Holy Spirit does in us, and this is how Word and Spirit work together. It's about our desire to be fruitful for Jesus. Do we love Jesus enough to want other people to come to know him and love him too? How much does Jesus mean to us in our lives? And how much does his word, whether it is the eternal word of God, the Bible, or whether it is the now word we sense he is speaking to us, influence us and our day-to-day -day lives? This is about word and spirit working together in us, transforming us into people whose lives spread the message of Jesus and his kingdom. We'll now go a bit deeper into how this works spiritually by hearing from another well-known passage taken from chapter 8 of Paul's letter to the church in Rome. This is about the way the Holy Spirit works in us, giving us life, changing the way we think and helping us to align ourselves with God. Perhaps the key verse is this. Those who are motivated by the flesh only pursue what benefits themselves. But those who live by the impulses of the Holy Spirit are motivated to pursue spiritual realities. For the sense and reason of the flesh is death, but the mindset controlled by the Spirit finds life and peace. Straight away, this sets out the difference between the Spirit-led mindset and the Spirit-resisting mindset that has its own agenda. Paul goes on to explain, the mindset focused on the flesh fights God's plan and refuses to submit to his direction because it cannot. His teaching here encourages us to be open to the Holy Spirit, living in us, working in us and changing us from the inside. This is good news. And the reason it is good news is because the teaching generally of the New Testament can seem like quite a stretch for us to keep. Sometimes it is taught that this is presenting a high ideal that we will never reach. But that is a perspective that comes from not understanding the vital role of the Holy Spirit. He is the Spirit of Jesus helping us live for Jesus, giving us a spring and an energy to reach that high bar. And so we begin to see all the difficult things that Jesus teaches in a new light. It's a whole different prospect when we know that we have spiritual help from within to enable us to do what we can't do on our own. However many good, kind or religious works we attempt independently, we cannot please God by our efforts. The way we do please God is by being close to him. And we do this by listening to him and doing what he says. His word, the Bible brought to life for us by the Holy Spirit, is the main avenue for us to hear his voice. And that's how we become 
fruitful for God, living in alignment with word and spirit. Why don't you join me as I lead us in prayer? Lord God, we come to you through Jesus and we recall that at the beginning of time, you spoke the word into existence by your creative word. You have never stopped speaking and your word is a real force for bringing new life. May we be increasingly fertile soil for hearing your word, agreeing with your word and growing in your word and Holy Spirit-led fruitfulness for Jesus. Help us to partner with the work of your Holy Spirit in us to be a joyful, peace-bringing, life-giving force for you, your kingdom and your glory. Amen. And I bless you with a constant and growing awareness of being free from condemnation in Christ Jesus. Thank you so much for listening. I look forward to being with you next time around. And until then, may you be close to God and know his closeness to you. See you soon. Well, that's about it for this week. But I'll leave you with some discussion starters or maybe just points to ponder. Firstly, thinking about Esau and Jacob, how do we react when God upsets our order of things, our preferred order, or the one we thought was right? Secondly, reflecting on Jesus' parable about the seed and the soils, what does it look like for us to produce a crop? What is the crop that Jesus is really looking for? And thirdly, coming on to the life of the Spirit that Paul describes, what are the main characteristics of this new life that he teaches? Where do we experience it? Don't forget, there's a Bible study and more for groups or just for your own quiet time, and it's all online on Medium and Substack and the home website, thelivingword.uk. The links are all below. Thanks for listening and do send in any questions or comments and we look forward to sharing with you on the next one. Until then, God bless. Bye bye.